the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Good evening. This is. I'll try and talk real low. <laughs> You're the Apache Indian Scout. Oh, I, yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. This is. Well, this is Stacy, not uh, Soapy, but Soapy is here with me, and we are looking forward to another evening. We're looking forward to, no offense, Jeremiah, but to. Talking about somebody besides <laughs> Jeremiah this evening. No offense, but uh, we're no lack of respect. No, right? absolutely not. No. no. We, and uh, we concluded, we finished the book of Jeremiah. Uh, let's see, this is our third week in Jeremiah. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Felt longer than that, did. actually. We didn't actually get past Jeremiah. We had, we read the last two chapters uh-huh. on Monday night, and then we read the entire book of Lamentations on Tuesday, and then we moved uh, way forward to the New Testament, uh, about 600 years, 500 years forward, to Hebrews, Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, and we'll talk about it later, but it has a, it's a remarkable book. It's you know, it dated. It is dated in the '60s. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of the earliest books uh, of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty remarkable book. Yeah. In, so what in do they call it? Rom- uh, Hebrews? Don't you call it, or is it uh, Romans light? Is that what Hebrew is? No, that that's Galatians. Oh, that's Galatians. <laughs> <laughs> Good try. Okay. No, Hebrews. Is it that time of year again? Pretty, back yeah. to Hebrews life? pretty well stands on its own. It mm-hmm. is a whale. John asked me tonight what what the um, program like. He said, is it really heavy, you know, like, Theologically profound right. or compl- complex, and I ha- I have to say I think it is. <laughs> there's there's a several, a little bit of controversial topics. Maybe we'll talk about them, but it, it is very thorough, and it 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 handles a task that is necessary that we understand the relationship between the Old Testament 
and mm-hmm. the the old with it the laws and the, the sacrificial offerings and offerings and the the revelation that God gave of Himself and uh, His plan for humanity uh, in the time of the kings and the prophets and the priests and the Old Testament. It. It's clear and it's good and it's beautiful and it's accurate, but it's um, not complete without. They talk about the Messiah who would come, about he had prefigured in the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. but when the full blazing hot light of the Messiah shines into the world, there's nothing that compares. With the clarity and, and the power yeah. of of Jesus and, and the message of the finished work of the Messiah, yeah. it just, just well, it's what we were all waiting for. I mean, it is yeah, uh, that's what it's, 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 it's all, all about. about. Why the we were waiting? Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it's powerful, and mm-hmm. we'll try to we'll try you and I tonight to elaborate to show in sent as the book of Hebrews does, Mm -hmm. uh, the relationship between the old Hebrew, uh, the Old Testament, and the way that people were related to God in the Old Testament as compared to now how we can relate to God in the New Testament. And Mm -hmm. um, hopefully Mm -hmm. we'll we'll come out... um, Alive still. <laughs> no, we we will for sure. But I, 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 I'm anxious that we, that people end up being encouraged, impressed yes, with impressed, the beauty okay. of God's plan mm-hmm. and the beauty and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, it, yes, it's unbelievable. And it's the, tremendous. I mean, the message—that's the hope of the author of Hebrews as well—is that. Uh, those that read it, that hear it, um, would also be impressed and would be encouraged to continue walking in faith. It was a very difficult time to be a Christian. It was a lot of persecution pretty much from every side. I mean, you had, um, you know, for, to, to be a Christian meant probably social, um, outcast, maybe even your job was at Definitely risk. Political. Political. Um, pretty much from every, even, you know, as far as what the Romans I mean, the Romans were quite, they were really religious. And Mm -hmm. so, but they would, they viewed Christians as being, quote unquote, atheist almost, not believing in God. They didn't, not fully understanding really what Christianity was. And so anyway, they they took a lot of persecution. And so the author is uh, encouraging them to stay the course and why. So uh, I think it opens, uh, well, there's, I guess, in the beginning, in the first 13 chapters, two, what they call movements, too. And it, it's set up like a 
um, a pastoral, like a sermon almost. And so it yes. starts with some truth, some exhortations, uh, some, some truth, some exposition, sorry, about um, Christ and about who he is. And then, and then exhortations, why this is good, why the now, now go out and obey. And then another movement, why truths about who he is and what he is better than. And then again, to exhort, to go out and to be faithful and to obey. And uh, and we'll get into those a little bit. Do we want to talk um, at all about Lamentations? I we, think we, we all should uh, give that book uh, a little bit of yes, attention I because love uh, it's it's somewhat like Jeremiah. Uh-huh. Okay. Jeremiah is thought to be uh, the writer of the book of Lamentations as well, and uh, it I guess. Remember, I talked about Jeremiah at one point. I said something about Jeremiah and Lamentations. While Job is a book about suffering on a personal level, an individual suffering, uh, Lamentations is about suffering on a national Mm -hmm. level. Mm -hmm. Something like Mm 9-11. Remember how the nation... Which suffered I, yeah. when when that at that disaster, mm-hmm. and people uh, turned to help our, our fellow citizens in New York City, and there was a desire to help them, and there right. was a soberness sobering effect on the entire nation. Well, that sort of experience the destruction of uh, mm-hmm. Jerusalem right. had on the Jewish people, pr- probably even worse because essentially the nation was destroyed, right. essentially. Uh, so there's a great weeping and a great mm-hmm. regretting of that. And um, I guess uh, Jeremiah talks about it and the two things that stand out to me, I don't know, Stacey, what you might have noticed in the book of Lamentation, but I noticed that Jeremiah clearly put the blame, if there is a blame in this, and in, in some ways there is, because the people didn't respond well to God to do what God had Commanded, to, he wanted to deliver them for, from this right. disaster, but and he explains in Lamentations four uh, what group of people was responsible for that terrible judgment that fell on Israel and Jerusalem. Uh, he says uh, four thirteen, yet it happened. Because of the sins of her prophets and priests who defiled the city by shedding innocent blood. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it, and it, that's a challenge, I think, to us as believers, all believers in the first place, because we're a nation of prophets and priests. Right. I had a young man ask me that question this morning. Uh, and I had a question and answer session. One of the classes of basic trainees, I like them. And uh, he asked me about th- that very thing of what is the path to being a, becoming a priest? Mm-hmm. 
I, I don't know if he's interested himself personally in being in the ministry or not. But we talk about the fact that not every building that has a cross on it is a healthy, Christ-focused, biblical, Bible-focused, healthy congregation of people. Mm -hmm. Because in our time, there is all kind of confusion, and there are people who use the, the, the pulpit with a chance to build a personal following, mm -hmm. for example, mm -hmm. and so on. And... Um, but I told him the interesting thing that Peter says is that we are a nation, the believers, of priests and prophets, mm -hmm. that we all are right. prophets and priests. We represent God to men mm -hmm. when we witness. We represent men to God when we pray and intercede. So we, uh, we all of us, in one sense, are right. prophets and priests of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, then I talked a little bit to him about if you want to um, be a pastor or you feel that calling, uh, some things that right. you might, what, uh, <laughs> might, you know, might want to consider in terms of preparation. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I gave him an application form for Campus Crusade of <laughs> Christ. Well done. <laughs> no, Good old, of course. <laughs> right. No, yeah. but... Um, <laughs> It was a good question, and we you see that in Lamentation. Uh, mm. Je now, Jeremiah, which I suppose he's in a position to know, he lived through it. He said that the primary fault was the spiritual leaders who failed in their task to learn and know the God's plan, what God wanted them to do, and lead the people to do that. And um, that's an interesting thing. I don't know what else you might like about Lamentations or may have been impressed by. Well, of course, I can't help it. Uh, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mm. mercies never cease. Yep, Great that, is his faithfulness. His mercies good. begin afresh each morning. That's probably the most well-known, I think, verse. Yeah. Um, Even in the midst of that terrible time, that terrible loss mm -hmm. and suffering, there was Great this is thy praise. Mm -hmm. God is faithful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even when we're not. You know, at, mm -hmm. at, you're right. That is one of the most powerful aspects of, of lamentation. You wouldn't think praise uh, would be the order of the day in a, in a right. moment like that. but And that is, it, it, is. yes. And I, I think, you know, I was just talking with a friend um, earlier, we were talking about grief, you know, and um, yeah. and someone, you know, we were maybe, and, and it's a very common thing in terms of, of course, the seven right stages of grief and grieving. You lash out. Uh, anger can be one of them. Mm -hmm. Fear. Um, and uh, and and I do think it's interesting with with as as much grief as he is experiencing. I mean, you see tears stream from my eyes because of the destruction of my people. My tears flow endlessly. They will not stop. I mean, there is a lot. It would be tempting to. I mean, you would think that there would maybe be anger, uh, but there's and and ultimately, you know, I guess at God because, but it's not. It, it's this. It's a a neat. I mean, it's a, it's such a balance, I guess. Um, 
He's exactly this lamenting, this uh, sadness is is welcome. It's good. It's right. I am. Oh, that. <laughs> it's good. It's right. Um, and uh, but it in it, but it, it but then it's properly his his view of God and his um, it's a proper expression, I guess, of of both grief. But then also of that hope and of that balance. Um, I don't know. Lamentations just does it so well. I, I, just in general, thinking about scripture and thinking about you know Jeremiah and Lamentations and you know Lamentations. I think sometimes. Uh, well, how how should I lament? Or um, oh, I like Lamentations because I like to cry too. <laughs> or sometimes yeah. we read scripture and try, I think, to find. And this is okay; it's fine. But try to find our story within it, or try to. And I, in in some cases, I think instead, it's not so much that okay, we need to find how we fit into this. Mm-hmm. It's just that it covers, I mean, this, this Bible, the, the book, um, covers absolutely every human scenario. Mm. And it shows, it doesn't mean that it's a repeat or should be repeated, or it doesn't mean that the, it is being repeated or that it, you know, everybody's story is unique. It's a, but we can look and we can see this is, uh, this is there are those who have gone before us. Mm that have experienced this and that it it covers every element of a of a response to our creator. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm saying this very yeah, right. Sure. You, I just think it's so yes. grief and yet it it, it it's so, so well it's it's yeah. yes. If you look at so it from thorough. a human point of view from purely an earthly point of view there's a loss, clearly. There's a loss and there's sadness and so on. And and yet, uh, or but God, <laughs> when you factor in God's plan yes. and God's yeah, redemption, thank you. Yes, that's then, right. then all of a sudden right. there's a light at yes. the end of a tunnel. Yes. It's not the train coming right. to run over you. It's right. hope yes. that God has It's for just us. such an uh, impossible um I mean, because it'd be so mm-hmm. easy to just go, okay, well, I'm going to to become depressed, or it'd be so easy to live in anger, or it'd be so easy to to then live in fear after yes. something like this. You know, we speak of trauma, or it's so easy to, and all of this you could see, possibly, but God, exactly you like you said, but God. God, and without, I mean, it, it would be, it would just be impossible. It would be. And it'd be impossible to come back from this, but you know, God. I'm just thinking on the basis of what you said, Stacey, those commands that we find in the New Testament mm-hmm. that say rejoice in every situation. Right. And rejoice or yeah. be thankful and pray to God even when in every circumstance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so someone says, how are you doing? And you say, well, under the circumstances, I'm doing all right. And then they say, well, what are you doing under there? Get <laughs> Climb on top of the circumstances. Find the hope. Find the, look for God's that, plan. And, and, and there always is. And it's kind of hard to do for us, mm-hmm. but we, we see it clearly um, 
on a national scale, at least, mm -hmm. here in Lamentations, and we see it in a personal scale uh, with Job, right. that uh, we can always give God praise, we can always thank Him, is that sometimes is the greatest act of faith yeah. is to thank God even when the skies are gray. Right. And that brings us to the book of Hebrews. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> faith. Yes. Faith. and that turning of the, I just love the, and maybe this is one of the sweetest um, themes of becoming a believer and becoming is that newness, that new life, a new birth. I mean, there's a reason Lincoln put that in the Gettysburg, new birth yeah. of freedom. There is something in, in that famous Lamentations verse, uh, his mercies begin afresh. His mercies are new every morning. And sometimes I do think that just, let's just Let's just go to sleep and wake up. It'll be a fresh start of a new way. But, uh, but that is the whole, uh, that is, that is, that is the heart of Christianity is he, he, we die to self. We become a new creation. Uh, we are a new, a new person. We are a new. And that next, uh, I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore I will hope in him. And I think that's a, that is a beautiful segue to Hebrews because that is what the author of Hebrews wants to emphasize and, uh, make sure that is very understood is that the Lord, he is worthy of that hope mm. that Christ is above and beyond everything else and anything that they, you know, the, the old covenant, there's a wonderful things and, and God is good. Moses and the high priests and, uh, and uh, the angels and these, he starts with uh, Christ's superiority, superiority, even over the angels and, yeah. uh, and his superior superiority over these, that, up until that time, you know, people would have had, had put them on such high pedestals and it'd be hard to maybe imagine something greater, even though that is what they were looking toward. I mean, all along they knew they were looking towards the Messiah, but to have him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he actually comes. <laughs> yes. The, it, it's just nothing can compare yeah. with the joy, the freedom, the release in uh, the excitement of the Messiah, the right. finished work yes. of God in history, in the person of the Messiah. Yes. There's uh, a quote. Great, great joy. Yes. There's a quote, and um, it says, this, this is the New Living Translation, and then we have the study Bible, and somebody reading or telling about the book of Hebrews says, Hebrews is a delight for the person who enjoys puzzles. And I thought that was because mm. it's it's true Christ is the finished work. It's it. the completion. It's it's the puzzle. And it, it's so that's what you you know you're you're working towards that moment when it all comes together and fits so perfectly yeah. and that's what Christ did. That's what Jesus did. Yeah. And it is a, a lot of I mean and what the author does now in the first nine chapters of the book of Hebrews, he compares Jesus uh, and the gospel of Jesus as now that it's now that it's real. It had it has come to pass. He establishes, uh, establishes the superiority or uh, 
how much greater than what we know about God now mm -hmm. that the Messiah has come it is so much greater and it leads to so much more confidence in mm -hmm. our relationship with God. We mm -hmm. know more so we can experience him more. Mm -hmm. and, and he talked about the superiority of Jesus and we'll cover that tonight. We'll walk through some, he lists about six or eight areas of the old covenant that are good they're wonderful they're part of god's plan but that the messiah is superior and greater and then we'll talk about the superiority of faith as well in the latter part of the book of hebrews it should be a good good evening and a good study of a great new testament book wonderful this is the bible live second segment after this break Song. It's always hard to come. It's always hard to start talking in from the break because I love the music so yeah, much. The music is so great. That uh, outro, the the bumper, that music, that was a, a wonderful Hebrews uh, song, just talking about yeah. angels prostrate fall. Um, of course, the angels prostrate fall. Yes. Oh, it's just a wonderful hymn. Now, uh, I, I suggested earlier that you read. Those first verses Hebrews. from Hebrews, okay. it is such a beautiful passage, mm -hmm. and it introduces this whole section where uh, the writer comes. See, you got we got to understand the the revelation that God had given to human beings of Himself, of His plan for human beings of his uh, forgiveness and his plan of salvation. It's all in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. the, the four spiritual laws <laughs> that Bill Bright came up with, God loves you, there is a problem of sin mm -hmm. and separation from God as a result of our sin. Then there is a God has done something to forgive our sins and to bring about a restoration of our relationship mm -hmm. with him and that we have to make a choice in order to experience that. God is doing that. He's done all that for us. It's an accomplished fact in the scriptures, but we must trust in it. Now, he revealed the four laws are not a New Testament, right. just New Testament truth. Right. Every page of the Bible has some uh, revelation, some um, some way of showing those four truths, four basic truths: mm -hmm. God love, problem sin, solution in Messiah, God mm -hmm. giving a solution, and the choice that man had to make. The thing is, is that the gospel is, is played out in history uh, uh, 
and those in the Old Testament did not have the advantage that we have in the New. Now, I'm careful about saying that (laughs) because there were some great men of God, and they met God. They knew God at a level that very powerful, Mm -hmm. very personal. So I don't think they weren't as much in the dark as we might think. However, the light, the full-blown light of the gospel Mm -hmm. of Jesus, when Jesus came and Mm -hmm. lived and carried out his function as the lamb that takes away the sins of the world, Mm -hmm. wow, when Jesus, he made sense of all of the history. Right. He made sense of it all. And we're just blown away with the beauty of God's plan for mm-hmm. salvation and in and, and time and in space. Yes. And I like how, Will, I like how you said the confidence, the yes. the increase we can have walk in full confidence. Um, Not that it is less faith, um, but maybe it could be compared a little bit to, um, you know, we see in a, through a dim, in a mirror dimly, but someday we'll see face to face. Just we'll even have, I mean, someday we'll be like, wow, can you believe how little we knew yeah. then? Well, <laughs> and, in heaven, we'll look, you know. But I don't, don't know you how find it work, but, amazing how much? Daniel, for example, Isaiah, Jeremiah, the the tremendous prophets, Mm -hmm. how much they knew about God and Mm -hmm. his goodness and his holiness Mm -hmm. and his mercy and his grace. Uh, And the praise that we see from David in the Psalms and so on. I I don't know how they did it Mm -hmm. because... We've always had the whole story, and it's so mm-hmm. beautiful. But they knew God. And Jeremiah said, let them boast. Uh, if there's anything to boast about, boast that you know me. Mm-hmm. And that's Jeremiah. It's Old Testament. Right. So oh, yeah. we had to know that that God revealed himself in a way that gave people uh, uh, people could know him mm-hmm. and meet God and experience God in the Old Testament in the same way that we do, by faith, mm-hmm. of course. But it was there. But I, I liken it, Stacy, to a movie. Okay. Uh, I remember one time I was showing the, the Jesus film okay. uh, in Mongolia or India or some land far off. And... and <laughs> We were setting up the film, and the projector began to roll, and the film began to show, but the the screen was too close to the projector, mm-hmm. and so the image was blurry right. and smaller because right. it was closer. And then they started moving the uh the screen back away from the projector and as they went back the image began to be bigger and it came to be clearer mm-hmm. until they got it back just the right distance mm-hmm. and there was Jesus <laughs> and, and, and oh, 
And I think that's a yeah. good way to think about maybe uh, the the revelation that God had given of Himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, always there was it was always essentially the same image, the same dynamic at work. Salvation was almost was always still by faith in what God had done. It's love, what God had done to deal with our sins. And you had to make a choice. All those basic principles were still involved, and people could know God in that way. Not only Jewish people, but we're told in Romans by Paul that all people, uh, that God gave a witness of himself through general revelation, and people could know God. But when you got the Messiah himself coming that explains in yeah. some way the explosion of the of, well, of yeah, God's yeah. people and God's plan that came about because of the Messiah. Right. Uh, a real good Jewish friend told me over and over again that Jesus Christ had brought more people to the knowledge, to the experience of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob than anyone who'd ever lived. And, and because he, that was his function as the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he did that. So uh, we, we can look at that and we need to look at the book of Hebrews and see um, how Jesus is superior yeah. to... Uh, and you, you mentioned one passage from chapter 1 that's absolutely beautiful. Oh, yes. Could you read yeah, that? Yeah, sure, I will. So uh, Hebrews, this is just uh, chapter 1. We'll start at the beginning. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son, He created the universe. The Son radiates God's own. For God never said to my angel what He said to Jesus. You are my Son. Today I have become your Father. God also said, I will be His Father, and He will be my Son. And when He brought His supreme Son into the world, God said, Let all of God's angels worship Him. Regarding the angels, he says, he sends his angels like the winds, his servants like flames of fire. But to the sun, he says, your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You rule with a scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O God, your God has anointed you, pouring out all, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than on anyone else. Mm-hmm. And he continues to just to talk about the the sun. Uh, you know, of course, well, I like the beginning. God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And so here's, you know, he's speaking to some Jews. He's speaking to probably some Romans and Gentiles. He's speaking to, but mm-hmm. all believers. And, uh, and these Jewish believers would have in particular uh, of, you know, known the prophets that he's talking about. Um, of course, Abraham, Isaac, Moses. And it doesn't disc, it's not saying that that wasn't true, that he didn't talk. That was great. Those, the, those accounts are wonderful. God did speak to them. 
but Jesus, <laughs> he's, he, uh, and those are what, this is who he was, this is, this is who he was speaking about. This is who he, he is, he is now Jesus above all of those other, if you know nothing else, if you know none of those, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus now is revealed, yes. not, not concealed yes. or not, um, not the, oh, how would you say, <coughs> <clears throat> it was mm-hmm. Jesus prefigured or uh, described in yeah. advance. He will be like this and that and the other. And they made, by faith in that Messiah, some of them came to a real intimacy with God, you know, a spiritual power and experience of God. <clears throat> oh, yeah. But not like <clears throat> when he actually came. That, oh, I kind of you know what I I I missed the best part. (laughs) I uh, the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. When He had cleansed us from our sins, He sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. So a little bit of an important, sorry, I turned the page a little bit early on that. But uh, the superiority of Jesus as the the culmination, the completion, not just um, a prophet or someone that was talked you know, that was given a revelation, but very God himself, the actual Messiah who would uh, bring about the, uh, you know, of course, there's four spiritual laws Dad mentioned. Um, the first one is that God loves you and has a plan for your life. Uh, but then if he loves, why is there sin? What is, what's the problem? What's, uh, why are there horrible things? Why is there evil? Why is there sadness? And that's <clears throat> sin. So sin is brought into the world, though. That's um, a reality. It separates us from God. And then, so there's the need. The third, there needs to be a solution. Well, this Jesus is that solution and not just a promise of him coming, which is uh, wonderful. And of course, that um, for many years was the hope of looking forward to that. But Jesus is the actual culmination of that occurrence. And I think, you know, sometimes it's a it, it in a way it feels a little bit silly to have to talk about to have to say this. But I think if you're a people group and if you've been looking for the Messiah for so long or if you've been living kind of looking towards this for so long, it might be a little bit jarring. You find your identity in that hope, in that something that is coming. So when it comes, it could be possibly a little jarring. It's maybe a little more comfortable to just, oh, no, I don't. I I want to just go back to looking forward to that because I'm not. My whole identity was wrapped up in doing all of these things that were anticipating. Um, you know, the, it's like the uh, the dog that catches the the car. What do I do with it now? In some ways, <laughs> you know. So maybe this stands a little bit. Maybe the pastor, in some ways, it's just like no. This is he is 
superior, and this is a wonderful thing. And so, and then he does move into the exhortation. Um, mm. Jesus is far superior to the angels, to the prophets before, to the, and this is a good thing. This now go, and it is complete. You can live in joy. You can uh, move forward it without fear. You can. Yes, if if he is who he claimed he was. Mm-hmm. It it is the answer to everyone's prayer, to everyone's longing. Unless you were waiting, perhaps, for a different Messiah, you you had in your mind a different image right. of what he would be like, and that is true right. even of the. Disciples yes. had their questions. They, when they met Jesus, they knew that this, this is. They would tell their friends, "Come, we found the one. This is one," mm-hmm. and they knew. And yet, at the same time, they didn't understand. They knew his person, but they didn't understand his purpose mm-hmm. and how he was going to actually mm-hmm. be behaving the the plan of salvation that right. was wrapped up in the suffering sure. and dying. Oh yeah, that was in uh at, at this point I think they I think many had hopes of a messiah I think it was short-sighted that it was just a political a salvation a saving them and saving the people from um a political oppression or uh, uh, military even yes. overcoming the Romans right, getting, exactly throwing them out of uh, Israel yes. so their expectation of what that was was, th- it was yes. uh, very ethereal it was very uh, earthy it was Someone, very some was and they had to get over it and well some were ready mm-hmm. generally speaking it looks like the simple people, the poor, the helpless, the ones who were slaves, uh, were more prepared. Uh, it seems that way. Uh, and in the Old Testament, it's clear that the simple and the the hurting, the lowly, are the ones that God generally uh, appeals to, people who want him uh, I don't know how to explain all of that, but it wasn't it wasn't just limited. Mm-hmm. I, I I think it. Now I don't want to distract from what you're doing, Stacy. You're talking about um, Hebrews the first chapters talk about how Jesus is superior. He's superior. He is superior and preeminent over the angels. He's superior to the promised land of Israel. Uh, you know, we talk about the promised land, Israel, that place. Wow, what, what? And yet Christ is superior to that, uh, yeah. to the idea of heaven. Okay. He uh, And he tells why in the book of Hebrews, because he offers a, a spiritual eternal place of rest instead of just a land. Right. Uh, Christ is superior to uh, 
oh, God's word is superior. Christ is superior mm-hmm. to Melchizedek in the Old Testament. Uh, this priest of Salem that we read about in Genesis 14, he was a non-Jew priest of the true God. He appeared only once since Abraham tied to him, and there's no record of his beginning or his end. He is used as a type or prefigure of the of the Messiah. So we have Melchizedek. In, in those opening chapters, the writer establishes the superiority, how that Jesus, the Messiah, come and living out and carrying out his role is superior to all the areas up until then that had been prefiguring. Mm-hmm. And they they figured importantly into the life of believers, but when the real thing came, <laughs> then he uh, put behind him the things that were yeah. pre- pictures and uh, pre- um, hints and a vision of, of the Messiah. Uh, and you might want to go through all of those, I don't know, that he touches on in the, uh, in the book of Hebrews. The way that Jesus was superior to this and to that and right. to the other. Well, I I just think it's kind of interesting. One, I think it's interesting the things that he um, he pulls out and it says that he's superior to. I think it gives us a little bit of insight into what they were tempted to still really find their identity in. Um, So these are the things that I guess the people at that time just really clung, I guess, to the angels and maybe spiritual kind of, uh, I mean, he he starts out with it because it doesn't seem like, you know, these days, well, of course, Christ superior to the angels. <laughs> we don't. I don't seem to. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe listeners out there could or disagree. But it seems a little bit like common sense. Of course, Christ is superior to Moses and to the Promised Land. It seems. Um, well, so maybe the the author of Hebrews did his job really well. <laughs> maybe I've just read Hebrews too many times. But it's you, interesting. Good thought that maybe these were some. Of the aspect of the Judaism that, they had a hard time, that people right. grabbed a hold of and that was very meaningful right. to a true believer, and that uh, to, he needs to show the superiority, yes. the relationship between Christ, right. the Messiah, Christ, and these other, right. the prefiguring. Like Moses the, just pointed yeah. to God. Jesus is God. The angels are servants uh, to God, and and Jesus is above them, but he humbled himself and came below uh, the promised land. That's just a place. Jesus is the eternal spiritual rest. So in other words, these things that are, they're very practical, but it could also be kind of tempting and a lot more comfortable, at least temporally, to just go back to that. Just go back to, it's like, um, you know, that C.S. Lewis, of course, but the, uh, it's, we're, we're, 
we're content with mud pies when he offers us a holiday at the sea. Not to say that Moses is a mud pie. Yeah, Sorry, Moses. Right. <laughs> but when you're comparing. But in comparison. Yes, yes. right. But at the, also at the same time, they were probably living in a time when a holiday at the sea was dangerous, if that makes sense. And and just being playing it cool and being just kind of childlike and just sticking with your little mud pie was maybe less dangerous, a little more comfortable when it comes to your job or to social aspects or to and so I guess you can you know, you can you can see because sometimes I I think with you are the most understanding person. <laughs> and and I admire that you oh, built thanks. you trying to get it and understand why people might be struggling, why right. they might be. Right. And I think it's true because uh, my Jewish friend, again, talked about the fact that uh, one of the things about uh, Jewish people in particular is every time they went after a false god, mm-hmm. they were, that's when they... Uh, God disciplined them, and that's when they got in trouble. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden now we're to them, to some of them, mm-hmm. there's a risk that this is us going after another false oh, god. Right. Of course, that's not, that's not what Christ pretended it to be. Right. Uh, he was the son of the living God, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God. And so that's not that's not what happened, right. but that could be someone's hesitation. Right. And sure. Every uh-huh. time we change saddles and right. we start going after another religion, right. another god, we get in trouble. So I can understand it, except for the fact that he so clearly right. is the Messiah that. And that's where Hebrews, and that's exactly how he leads us to this writer of Hebrews, that we can have confidence in that. And then, and then why he is superior and why that superiority is good for our lives today, right now, and eternity. Um, so it's encouraging. This is the Bible Live, and we are going into our third segment after this break. We worship him. Jesus, he's our king. This is the Bible Live. I uh, uh, yes, I have. Is that the version where he, he, go, he goes into the different languages? I think you did. I think it is. It, yeah. I love that that particular. Uh, I think it's a lot. They recorded it live, um, but I remember about oh boy, fifteen years ago, maybe now. I had PRK surgery on my eyes, so I, did, I was not a candidate for LASIK because oh, the lens is too thin, I think it is. Um, so they'll offer corrective eye surgery, you know, it's, but it's called PRK. I think if you are in the Air Force, it's the only kind of corrective uh, eye surgery that they will do. They won't even oh. do LASIK because LASIK 
post-surgery, it's not really a surgery, I mean, it's just a little operation, but uh, you risk infection and, and the flap to come up at the high pressures. So anyway, I always thought that was kind of cool. I got to have PRK instead of Isaac. But PRK is very painful, a lot more painful in, in the recovery. Uh, and so the first three days, pretty much, so you have it, uh, you have the little procedure, and they say for the first three days, you pretty much just can't even open your eyes. And mm. I thought, oh, that's silly. Like, how, you know, that's, how bad could it be? It was so bad. And they were absolutely right. I just pretty much had to just lay with my eyes closed for three days. And all of that to say, I played that song over and over and it was uh, such a uh, it was such a it ministered to me quite a bit I was I could not see for, for the most I was blind for three days for the most part and then now I, I, see. Now I see and that third day opened and never need I have not needed contact uh, since and I really was I was legally blind I could not I had really bad make you a good, uh, good story so, yeah, there's a my good story a illustration yeah I uh, I told you last week or maybe the week before that uh, one morning at Lackland, uh, we have a lot of young men and women from other cultures, mm-hmm. many times not even American citizens, but they are they joined the United States Air Force, and, and so we see people from... Latin American countries, uh, Muslim countries, and so on, many international people. But I had never, uh, I had met a Ukrainian uh, trainee, and that's been wonderful to meet uh, with a female. Now, uh, I, I met, I told you, uh, a Chinese girl, and we were visiting before the class, and when the class uh, started, we we have music playing, and they played that song mm-hmm. you just heard, and they started singing in Chinese, Aww. and she really lit up Aww. because it, she understands oh, right. it. She yes. wasn't hearing it her is, own language. Oh, now she speaks English very well, uh-huh. but boy, it really touched her heart. You could yeah. tell that's her heart language, you yes, know. Right. And, but Aww. she was really touched by that. That's singing neat. in, in it reminds Chinese. me of that uh, love in any language. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, we got to move along. We yes. got one more segment to talk about the preeminence of Jesus established in the book of Hebrews. And then we're going to look at the preeminence of the superiority of faith Mm -hmm. uh, as a means to experience God, that faith is, and it always was, it didn't just, faith that didn't start in the New Testament. Uh, and we're going to see how the writer brings out and showed that faith is always the uh, necessary and important response right. to Jesus, uh, to God's revelation of himself. Right. But uh, maybe you could 
continue take yeah, it through. There were just a couple more points that, uh-huh, in terms okay. of Christ's superiority and His preeminence, I, and this uh, kind of relates to what we were saying about wanting to maybe find their identity or just go back to well Moses or the high priest or the to familiar, the yeah. familiar. And it does seem as though, I mean Hebrews has a lot of those famous passages about um, maturing and growing and uh, and I, I think that the author uses that exhortation of maturing and growing um, because that is what is happening. Um, you know, you're talking about faith and he ultimately does then get to faith. But as far as what, you know, going from the Old Covenant and their relationship with, I'm going to just say, I guess, a relationship with, with it and and how that was their means to, it wasn't just, that's just it, it was a, a means. It wasn't an end in itself. That was a means. And if you say a means to what, the what is Jesus. And it always was Jesus. Those things were always things that were meant to point them to and to gain an understanding ultimately of Jesus. They didn't know his name was Jesus. They didn't know, you know, they just knew Messiah. They didn't know necessarily even the full purpose, although there were many, you know, many hints of what that would be and what he was coming to do. I mean, um, I think Well, if you take the four laws... Right. The ultimate, the ultimate enemy, sin. the ultimate problem Absolutely. that had to be solved was sin, mm-hmm. and the and, ultimate, and, even, and maybe even more so, death as the consequences sin of sin and death mm-hmm. had, to be conquered. had to be conquered, and that's what the Messiah was said that it was going to do, right. not only by verbal verbal saying the Messiah would do this, right. but all the, pictures, the, all the pictures, yes. the, the animals sacrificed, right. Right. Uh, the design of the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. All the pictures we have are picturing the, the Messiah comes as God's only provision for right. man's sin. Right. And they, that was there. It was there for right. them to see. But of course, when he came, uh, uh, it took them maybe a little while, and it took the work of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. I think, to finally, even the, the disciples, mm-hmm. when the uh, Holy Spirit came uh, in Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost, uh, Jesus' words came true. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Uh-huh. And you'll be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. The Spirit revealed to them in their heart that this is right. right. This All this flows from what you've already known right. before. This is not foreign to mm-hmm. it. This 
This is the fulfillment right. of that plan. Well, and he's very, the author is very practical. It's kind of, again, I tend to be like, well, of course it's superior. Of course it's not. But he goes, and in fact, I'm going to skip. We're going to go back to that. In, in Hebrews 6, there's kind of a hypothetical that's set up. I'm going to go past that real quick. In Hebrews 8, he talks about why um, the... Uh, New covenant uh, is superior to the old covenant by way of because of the laws. And in the old covenant, the laws and the covenant were just written on tablets, and the uh, and and in which no one could obey fully, you know. And but in the new covenant, God He writes the law. He writes it right on our hearts. He gives us a, He puts our laws in their minds and writes them on their hearts. Meaning that. It's not just some laws out right. there, the, right? The, but there's a law. We want mm-hmm. what God right. wants. We want yes. holiness. Right. We want righteousness. Yes, uh, and justice. Right. We want that in the yeah. heart, not just as a rule. Uh, it, it's a beautiful picture. He, right. he writes his laws. On our hearts. Making us a, a, a new people, really. I mean, that's the exactly. idea. We are a new creation with that, not as an exterior, but exactly. It's our very identity, our very being. It's in us. Um, he talks about the superiority of um, you know Jesus's sacrifice, his spilt blood on the cross to the Old Testament, you know, the ritual Right. And it's very practical again. He's like, well, Jesus is better because it was he was one time and it covered everything. All the rituals had to happen once over a year, had to happen over, over and yes. over again. If so, it's a day of atonement, that's every year. Yes. If it's the other sacrifices, they're constant uh, because right. they, were, uh, they were a type. They were uh, uh, looking forward yeah. to the... So, I mean, he's very practical here. He's like, Jesus covered it once and for all. His shed blood, you can enter the Holy of Holies where there's no more separation. Um, The old way, you have to, and and it's, I mean, not just the act of doing, but it's bloody, it's sad, it's smelly, it's, you know. Well, I um, don't know about smelly. (laughs) I have often tried to imagine what the temple must have smelt like, and in my mind, I come up with a, a barbecue store. It seemed to me oh, it might have smelled a little right. like barbecue, but I don't know. Oh, just, interesting. I'd have I guess to, I think of just the the smell of the blood of blood. Yeah, or the skin and but anyway, just me at supper time <laughs> really? when I'm hungry, yeah. Uh, well, and then finally, though, he talks about why Jesus as high priest is superior to oh, the yeah. Old Testament Levitical priest. And uh, that, you know, of course, in the Old Testament, they had to enter in Again, every year. Again, almost the same reason. Same idea, they, right. But Jesus entered once and for all to atone for all the sins and, and for everyone who will trust in him. And so it's uh, interesting. So, but here they are, and these are actually pretty practical reasons, in a way, to well, yes, he's superior, um, and yet, and so they're, and yet they're wondering, well, can we, just as far as how this plays out, you know, maybe 
how about and it's, I think it's just a hypothetical per, um, situation, right? Uh, can, they're saying, can a Jewish can can we just go back though, and can we just stick with those sacrificial system? Can we just maybe like you said, it was getting a little bit too dangerous too to be a Christian, too kitchen. hot in the kitchen for the Christians. Yeah. Well, that it seems like that is behind. The passage in chapter six yes. that they, if we could go back, and what was happening, some of the Hebrew converts following Jesus enthusiastically and, and seeing him as the Messiah, as a source of salvation, the fulfillment of God's plan of salvation, but. They were being persecuted because of it. And so uh, it's some of them were thinking, well, I, I don't have to be, I don't have to endure this persecution. I can just go back to the old familiar. Uh, it was good. It was good enough uh, before the Messiah. If we could come to God in faith, in that way, and so we can go back to the old, uh, you might say, the old uh, way of coming toward God. Right. But two things happened, and that what that says in that chapter 9 was it would no longer be possible. If you could, <laughs> now that that's a hypothetical situation. Uh, the writer here is not establishing a case that a sincere, genuine child of God can lose his salvation. That's not what he's uh, doing here. This is hypothetical uh, to the idea that, okay, I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to go back to the Jewish concept, and uh, and that was safe. That would... Uh, Judaism was a protected right. uh, 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 religion by the Romans so they could go back to that and not be persecuted. And what he's saying is, no, you can't do that for that very reason. You could not it'd be impossible to come again to faith and to salvation because you would crucify the Messiah afresh, anew. And there is one other thing. Now, remember, the book of Hebrews was, in all likelihood, was written before the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D. (laughs) Now, that became a real reason. You can't go back. (laughs) The the Uh temple was destroyed. The altar was destroyed. There was no more priesthood. There were... So... the the point is that we can't go back. Mm-hmm. We, uh, if you believe in Christ, and that its point is that in Christ there is security. Right. If you really know Christ, He will keep you. And right, and that's why He does go on and kind of in a very practical way in verse in chapters eight. These are the reasons you wouldn't even want to go back. Exactly. This is uh, this is. You know, you'd have to do that every, and it, so it isn't a, a neat. But I think, um, too, you were saying that that can sometimes be used as an 
argument for why you could lose your... If you don't read it carefully, it seems like he's making the case that a a real sincere, genuine Christian can lose its salvation. And uh, we, Mm -hmm. we believe the Bible teaches we have a right to have certainty and confidence Mm -hmm. in our relationship with God. The Holy Spirit is going to keep us. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I would say that now the the real question is, um, is a person a real Christian? Right. But the, the, the way the New Testament speaks to that question is that um, enduring, uh, I mean, uh, genuine faith is enduring faith. Saving faith is enduring it faith. It lasts. It endures. Mm-hmm. It doesn't turn back. And it grows. And I think that that, I love that, I love that part in Hebrews where he does a call to spiritual growth. Yep. Where he says there's a... Um, You've been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basics. Wait a minute. Slow down. Oh, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that famous, you're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. See what you so mean let there. us stop yeah. going over the basic teachings about Christ again and let us go instead and become mature in our understanding. And I I, I like that call to to growth, I, and I think that it's a as a as I mean it's a pastoral um, mm-hmm. message, and I think that's very effective. And how do we grow? By faith. By faith. Faith. Faith is like a muscle; mm-hmm. it gets stronger and bigger okay. as we use it. Okay. And so he ends up the, the book of Hebrews talking about faith, okay. and it's nothing new. It's not. It's nothing new to the New Testament. He he goes back and he said, Abel. Remember Cain and Abel, the children children of Adam and Eve. Abel brought an offering that was acceptable to God. By faith, he obeyed and brought the offering that had been named by the Lord, and his offering was accepted and respected. Noah... By faith, he was called to build an ark for something he had never seen before, rain and a flood. Uh, <laughs> had never seen that happen, but he was called to build an ark. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abraham left his home and his family. We had, remember this was during the era when the man's wealth and man's security was all wrapped up in his family. Mm-hmm. They, they, right. the young, the men were protecting the struggle, but he was called upon to leave the protection of his father's home and family and so on uh, to go to a land that God was going to show him. Mm-hmm. So Abraham trusted God and left. Sarah was told that she's going to have a child. She had to wait 25 years mm-hmm. for that promise to become true. And then Abraham was called on to 
offer up that child of, of faith, that child of promise, uh, to offer up that sacrifice. And Abraham did it by I faith think. because he, he <laughs> believed that God here. was going to probably bring him back to life. Right. Uh, his faith was so great. Uh, and we're told that in chapter 11, verse 17, uh, what Abraham believed God and was willing to sacrifice his son uh, Isaac because he believed that God would deliver him, uh, uh, would raise him from the dead. Mm-hmm. And then God, uh, Joseph. Yeah. Remember wow. Joseph? He he again. believed uh-huh. that God would take Israel out of Egypt and give them back to the promised land. Mm-hmm. So we had them, make sure you take my bones with you when you go back. <laughs> uh, every All of these were right. experiences of faith. Mm-hmm. Moses' family, uh, his mother and father, they, tr- they believed that God would save their son when they disobeyed the Pharaoh's command and put him out on the Nile River. Uh, Moses chose to identify himself with God's people mm-hmm. when he grew up as a man. So it, faith has always been the key to knowing and experiencing God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, right. and that's we must trust God and believe that he exists. Hebrews eleven six. Mm-hmm. we believe that God exists, that he's there, and that God is responsive to people, to us who seek Him, mm-hmm. that He, uh, that He, uh, yeah, rewards uh, you, uh Is that Paul? Because God uh, and He is He's a um, rewarder of those rewarding who, <laughs> <laughs> that He rewards yeah. our faith. Yeah, rewards us I love that. who seek after Him. Yeah, I mean, this is the famous faith. Chapter Hebrews 11 by faith, by faith. There's an adventures and odyssey called by faith, and it yeah. goes through to this. But it is also that famous faith shows the reality of what we hope for, it is the evidence of things we cannot see. Uh, and I, I, I always like how you say it's the, the coin of the kingdom, the key, the coin of the realm. Yeah, it's by faith. faith. Um, trust him, and yeah. when we're willing to trust him. There comes all this beautiful, the salvation, Mm -hmm. the total salvation of God can be a reality in our lives. That's right. Well, this is the Bible Live, and we'll go... uh, Did we cover it all right? I think so. We'll see you next week. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.